Priyan, good morning. Ruby, good morning. How are you? I am holding up despite adversity. Ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're going to do the podcast, friends. Welcome to the poem, the Parsha, the podcast. I'm Rivi. And I'm Adrian. And we love Parsha. We love poetry. And I think what's going to go on here for this week's Torah portion is going to be amazing, Adrian. Oh, yeah? Tell me more. Well, I, I love learning, as you know, and I love teaching. But what blows my mind all the time is, how the heck did I not notice this in previous years? And I had a moment just like that this week as I'm preparing for many Parshat things. And I noticed a word in a verse that I never noticed before. Yes, tell us more. It, this is, you know, it's Parshat Yitro, friends. And the temptation is to zero right in on the Ten Commandments or the um, unbelievable revelation at Sinai, which we've done in the last two podcasts about Yitro. But this yes. week, we're going in a different direction. We're, we're going to look at the arrival of Moshe's father-in-law. Oh, my. And um, the psukim are really interesting. Yitro is a very enigmatic figure in the Torah. He appears here, Parsha Yitro, duh. And of course, yes. he had previously appeared when Moshe saved his daughters from the flock. And he's going to appear later on in the Midbar. But let's talk about here. And um, and then we'll talk about what poem. So I'm going to do a minute or two about the Parsha. And then we're going to zip into the poem. Because yes. Because yes. after all, the poem, the Parsha, the podcast. So yes. At the beginning of this week's Torah portion, Yitro arrives with Moshe's wife, Tzipporah, and with the two sons, who are Gershom and Eliezer. And it then says they shake Shalom Aleichem. They say, hi, how are you? What's been going on? And then in chapter 18, verse 9, Pasuk Tet, Vayichad Yitro al kolatova asherasa. Hashem li Yisrael, asher and Yitro Vayichad. We're going to talk about that soon. Um, oh, yes? Uh, oh, yes, about all of the good things that have happened to the Israelites and how God saved them from Egypt. But this ver these two words, Vayichad, Yitro, while there are so many interpretations, we're going to go with the first one for now, which means Yitro was happy. He was yes. happy for all the good that has happened. So, Tell us about the poem we selected. So, um, in a way that is in absolutely no way related, and by that I mean absolutely 100% related, um, this week's poem is Joy by Stuart Kestenbaum. Uh, Kestenbaum has four collections of poetry that have been published with... Uh, Someone. Dear, <laughs> uh, yes, Dear Book. Um, and I think one with one with Coyote Love Press, which are which are wonderful. I want to shout out to them because publishers that publish poetry are always taking a risk. And I think it is important to call out the people who are and the publishers who are willing to take that risk. It is a meaningful risk that makes the world a richer place. Amen. Stuart Kestenbaum is the poet laureate of the state of Maine. Um, and I... Um, I also want to call out Maine as now a new resident of New England. Um, <laughs> you get to do that? What, what is that? I guess so. Like, go Maine. You are, you are doing the best you can. Lord. Um, 
so this poem is called Joy, and, um, and I love it. And I will read it now. Joy by Stuart Kestenbaum. The asters shake from stem to flower, waiting for the monarchs to alight. Every butterfly knows that the end is different from the beginning and that it is always a part of a longer story in which we are always transformed. When it's time to fly, you know how, just the way you knew how to breathe, just the way the air knew to find its way into your lungs, the way the geese know when to depart, the way their wings know how to speak to the wind, a partnership of feather and glide lifting into the blue dream. It is a beautiful poem, and I'm thinking yes. he's trying to draw a picture for us of what is joy. And my question to you is, isn't it interesting that the word joy does not appear in the poem? No. What is jumping out about joy to you in this poem? I think there is, I think the speaker is speaking to the joy that is the the experience of simply living a day. The, there doesn't need, there, in order to feel joy, you don't need a singular event or a singular experience to make you sort of happy because happy is one thing. I think happy lives in a different place. Joy um, is, is a sort of, I think speaks to rather not necessarily happiness, but contentment contentment in knowing the that we are that we come to each day with the possibility of transformation that we come to each day with sort of an innate knowledge that lives within us of how to live that day and how it is meaningful in and of itself and that was beautiful and what's really striking me about this poem, which I think will lead us to more of a Yidro conversation, is every butterfly knows that the end is different from the beginning, right? Um, Yitro's story began very differently. He's ended up with these Israelites. He was the Kohen Midian, um, whether that means leader or whether that means priest, whether it means, you know, some form of religious uh, commitment, he's going on a different path here. So mm -hmm. every butterfly knows that the end is different from the beginning and that it is always a part of a longer story in which mm -hmm. we are always transformed. And perhaps the joy is that we are a work in progress. We are always that's, I think that's sort of what I was saying earlier is that that we that we don't need to be that's what I'm looking for, that we don't need to sort of announce each day, like, today I will transform, right? Like, we don't have to do that. It happens naturally on its own. Um, and that experience is meaningful. Okay, so let's get back to Yitro for a minute and this word. So yes. the word here is Vayichad Yitro. And there are a number of different commentaries. Rashi goes with rejoice. Ibn Ezra goes with rejoice also. And he locates the root around the same word as chedva, which is another word that's hard to translate. But, oh, yes. it, but it is joy. So vayichad yitro. He was so happy and joyful about all the good that had happened. Now, as we know, commentaries, Midrash, are all going to interpret this in, in a very different kind of way. And meaning 
they're going to go way out in different directions. Now, yes. one thing about Itro that we continue to discuss is, did he convert or not? Did he become part of the Jewish people or not? And it mm. actually surfaced in last week's Haftarah, where it is, Yael is described as from the family of Itro, Kani. And were, was she uh, part of the people of Israel, or was she just living there and helping in, the, of course, the dramatic Deborah story? Um, but Yitro has the same mystery. Is he a convert or not? And something really, here's something that's going to bristle you a little bit, bristle all of us. The Talmud takes this word Vayichad and says, eh, he wasn't necessarily happy. And the Talmud and the Midrash say, you know, you have to be careful when you talk to people that even though Yitro feels this way about the miracles, there's a little bit inside of him that's feeling badly for the Egyptians. What think yeah. you of that? What think you of that? Now, the al says the word Vayichad means he converted. It is huh. he is now becoming one with the Lord. He has become Jewish. And there are all these really, you know, <coughs> really wild interpretation. One says that Vayichad means he got goosebumps because he did feel, mm. he did feel badly for the Egyptians. Now, Yitro's an interesting character. And when we say he became Jewish, I want to share with you what I think is one of those beautiful pieces that Rabbi Soloveitchik wrote. Please do. Actually, he didn't write it. it was a, these are from lectures of, uh, these are the notes from a lecture that he gave actually in Boston, Adrian. Of um, course. And where all the important lectures happen. And he, every Saturday night, Rav Soloveitchik would do a huge Parsha class, exceedingly well attended. Friends, I would love if there was a Parsha class on a Saturday night that people came to. Wouldn't that be nice? But here we go. He writes, <laughs> he writes something that you can write. Um, I can't. No, I'm thinking of you and your teaching. And that just, that felt a little too, too much like a plug. People, in case you don't know, Rivi teaches a Navi class on Shabbat afternoons and you should attend if at yeah. all possible. No, no, no. But hello, Shabbat classes are one thing. You know, the Jews, they don't have much to do on Shabbos, but I'm talking about the phenomenon of Saturday night classes, yes. which I hear go on in Brooklyn. I'm just going to say with hundreds of people. So friends, <laughs> you know, it's a great enterprise. I'm not sure that I've ever seen it done successfully in Seattle. Moving on. Here's anyway. Anyway, here's what the Rav says. It's beautiful. I want to let you in on another secret. It was not an invitation which his son-in-law extended to his father-in-law. So he writes this around when Yitro is about to leave and Moshe says, no, stay. Um, it was not an invitation extended by an individual to another human being to share the good things of life. It was more than that. It was an invitation extended by Moshe as a representative of the people of Israel to all Gerim, all converts, through all of the years of Jewish history. All the rivers flow into the sea. And he says, these are people who join to, it's a Midrash. That line is from Shirashirim, or is it Kohelet? Kohelet, sorry. Um, that we welcome everyone to come and be part of us. This is to me a revolutionary thing that the Rav is saying. It was extended, yes. it is, was extended to the entire non-Jewish world. Join us. Join us in the promised land. And then he says, and he speaks so beautifully. We are inviting the world. And he talks about how 
Yes, the Torah was given to the Jewish people. However, we were told to pass on God's word to humankind as such. He wrote mankind. I said humankind. Sorry. We all know the famous verse in the Shofar, Road of Rosh Hashanah. All inhabitants of the world, all of you who live on earth, look, when the trumpet is blown, come, right? Like, this is remarkable to me that Rav Soloveitchik is saying that Moshe is saying, come on, all of the people who join the P Jewish people throughout the world, come. And in this pasuk, Vayichad Yisrael, according to the Alshuch, is that he became Jewish. Huh. Um, I... And by the way, that, well, that's Midrash Tanchuma also. Vayahed, he became Jewish. Huh. I, well, now I think the, the idea of the transformation in the poem that you're, that you're, that we are discussing, like that becomes even richer. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So read that part of the poem. And now with our, this different lens of, Vayichad is that at this point Yitro decides to become part of the Israelites. It says, every butterfly knows that the end is different from the beginning and that it is always a part of a longer story in which we are always transformed. That line so deeply speaks to, to this part of the Parsha and to me and this idea that our lives are a long story. And it involves transformation. And I think it's interesting, of course, that Stuart Kestenbaum mentions the butterfly because the butterfly, you know, the butterfly knows the beginning from the end. He started out as larvae or whatever that happens and was this worm and then became a butterfly. Yes. And, and to transform, like, I mean, if you even want to take it one step further, like a caterpillar is kind of like not the most beautiful thing most of the time. And, yeah. and then, then it becomes this, you know, butterfly are the thing, butterflies are the things of myth. They are, they are the things of, of, I would say magical. How do I mystical. Yes. Yes. They have like a sort of mist. That's the word I was looking for. Like they have this sort of mystical uh, presence in the natural world, in, in the sort of the world of, of the image. Um, and so I, yes, that is the word I'm looking for is like, they, they take on, they start as this sort of like little thing and then they, they become these really magical, beautiful, mo most of the time, um, creatures. And I think that's really, really unique in I mean, in the natural world and certainly in the insect world. And, and so the poem goes on and I can hear Yitro saying this, when it's time to fly, you know how, just the way yes. you knew how to breathe, just the way the air knew to find its way into the lungs. I've spoken to a number of people who have chosen to become Jewish and they always talk about, they often talk about, they knew it inside, just the way you knew. You knew that you belonged in in among the, the Jewish people that you had a different kind of evolving identity. And it is just continues to amaze me that this Pasuk, because I had, if you had said to me, Rivi, where does it say Yitro converted? If you had said that to me before today, I was like, I don't know. It's just, oh. I don't know. It's just kind yeah. of because he stayed and did he stay? Yeah, he stayed. But I love that the, I love, first of all, 
noticing something brand new. I love that the Midrash simply says, Vayihad, he became Jewish. And this really speaks to um, the transformation that so many people do go through. It's not an easy one to become Jewish. And it's fascinating to me that this is the locus of this teaching, is a word, is locus a word. This is the location of the teaching that Yitro became Jewish, and I never knew that. And I had never really paused to look at that word, Vayichad. And I urge everyone to look it up in all the commentaries. There's wild stuff going on. Yes, yes. In fact, when we, when we planned this podcast, listeners, the first thing she said was, oh my gosh, you have to go look at the Rashi. <laughs> and, and, and by I was the way, like, okay. Yeah, the Chatam Sofer writes, or should I say Chatam Sofer writes, that Vayichad comes from the word sharp because he sharpened the knife to have a brit milah. <gasps> Ooh, that's, that's sort of chilling. And I don't yeah. mean that simply because of the like physical act, right? I mean that in, in the, the sort of intensity of the language that it takes to make that to make that transformation. I think that's what yeah, I'm looking for. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. The Alshech says, he became one with God. Midrash Tanchuma says, he became Jewish. And Chazam Tothera throws in this part about the Brit Milah. So obviously there's something very deep in our tradition that this is the verse that communicates that Yitro became one of the Jewish people. And, you know, understandably, because he is actually being deeply affected by what he had heard, how God had saved the Israelites from Egypt. And is that not the theme of the early um, Parshiot in Shemot, where the um, plagues are so that people know God? They will come to see God's majesty. So I think this is like a pretty cool Pasach. Yes. I mean, obviously. Um, and I, I think I think we have... I think we have a richness here. I think that here's what I here's what I think. I think the Torah is a is a lens through which we can admire all of the different layers of human experience. And I think that th these particular parshiot and and these psukim in particular are really like an extra sort of loaded, um, absolutely, like extra loaded. Um, Lens, I guess, to repeat the word. Um, well, I mean, it is the Ten Commandments. Um, yes. <laughs> Parsha. Um, I, but I, again, I think that, you know, when we look at the poem and we try to understand this idea of joy, I think there, you know, there is no joy like the joy of Torah. There is no joy like following the Torah, I'm going to say. And I think soon we're going to drop the mic and say Shabbat Shalom. Yes, I was going to say that there's nothing to say after that. Like, that's it. The door is closed. Shabbat shalom, everyone. And let us all live in the world of Vayichad. Joy. Amen. 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 Okay, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Bye. Shabbat shalom. Bye.